Hey everyone, welcome to A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host, Katrina. So first off, I want to say thank you to all of you that are listening and have been listening. This uh, Yesterday, A Cowgirl and Her Horse hit 100 downloads, and I'm proud to say that none of those are from my family. So I hope that I'm providing some value to you each week and that you're enjoying the podcast. If there's anything that you would like to hear me discuss please message me on social media or head over to anchor.fm and leave me a voice memo. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at a cowgirl and her horse. Uh, you can also head over to a cowgirl and her horse.com where there's all sorts of blog posts, links to prior podcast episodes, and also a spot to message me there. So now on to an update about me. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you will know that this past week I had been gearing up for my re-debut into competitive barrel racing, and yesterday was the big day. I competed in my first jackpot in over five years. The jackpot I went to was at an arena that is about 25 minutes or so from my house and was at noon on a Monday. And a sidebar, who decides to host a jackpot on a Monday at noon? Someone who doesn't work a typical job, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, the reason I was able to attend the jackpot was because my job is quite flexible in terms of my schedule. Most of my work can be done online, so I can easily work from home, which is what I did yesterday. I woke up early, worked for part of the morning, went to the jackpot, came home and worked some more. I'm, someone must have said something, though, about the scheduling because a few hours after the jackpot, the host posted a poll asking if people would prefer a Sunday jackpot, which even though I'm able to attend Monday jackpots, I would prefer a Sunday. So I'm guessing they'll be making some scheduling changes. But. So one of the reasons I chose this particular jackpot was because of the fact it was on a Monday, actually, funny enough, I figured that not a whole lot of people would be at a jackpot on a Monday in the middle of the day. You know, and the quiet jackpot was just what I needed to get my feet wet again. And it turned out I was sort of right. There was about 40 girls there, one peewee, and no no youth were there. So I will say that I didn't feel nervous leading up to the jackpot. I thought I would, but I was fine. I slept like normal the night before, ate breakfast just fine, worked for a few hours with no trouble concentrating. But when I got in my truck to go hook up, my nerves really started acting up. I literally started shaking and it wasn't just because it was cold outside, which it was, but you know, and I tried to ignore it and just, you know, keep myself busy. We got to the jackpot around an hour and 15 minutes before the start time. So I immediately went and paid my entry fees and entered. I just wanted to get that out of the way so I could just focus on the task at hand. Um, And then so by the time I got back to the trailer, it was around 11 o'clock. So one hour to start time. I saddled Junior, which was my first mistake. That was way too soon to be saddling up. I realized my mistake as soon as I got to the arena with Junior. So to kill some time, I hand walked him down the racetrack there at the egg grounds. Um, And then when I finished doing that, I led him to the arena. The jackpot was held in an indoor arena there. 
There were some girls warming up their horses, um, and in typical barrel racer fashion, it was a bit of a gong show in the warm-up pen. The barrels were set up off the markers, and there was girls, of course, doing high-low passes through the pattern. I stood holding Junior for a bit and, you know, just kind of watched what was going on, and then I tightened up the cinch and swung a leg over. I, could, I wanted to let Junior just, you know, have a chance to see the arena, Although he's been in there several times before, it had been, when was the last time I was in there? Maybe January since I've been in there. And it had never been that busy when I was in there. It was always, you know, me and maybe a couple other riders. So just wanted him to get used to the sights and sounds. So I did one lap around the perimeter at a walk. Um, and it was cooking hot in that arena. I don't know how, it was so hot. I knew that Junior was gonna get really sweaty in there especially now that his winter coat is coming in. And the heat was kind of that heat that just kind of makes you feel sleepy. So I knew that was going to be an issue for him too. So instead of fighting my way through the gong show that is a warm-up pen in the indoor, I took Junior back outside and warmed him up in the outdoor rodeo arena that's right beside the indoor. The ground wasn't the greatest out there. You know, it was kind of hard and uneven. It hadn't been worked in a while, but I felt it was better than the alternative of him getting hot and sweaty and sleepy and having to deal with the warm-up pen. So we got our warm-up in and then we went back to the indoor and it was about another 10 minutes and then the jackpot started. So... For this first jackpot, I decided to enter in the exhibitions rather than the open. I wasn't expecting any spectacular run for our first time back, so just decided to stay conservative and save myself $35. Uh, for those of you who don't know, so the open would be like the regular barrel race. They're eligible to win money if they place. Exhibitions is just kind of you get a time you're not eligible to win any money. So exhibitions were scheduled for after the open, so which meant I had to wait around some more. And I was definitely kicking myself at this point for being so prompt and early and prepared, but not much I could do about it at this point. So we stood and watched everyone else run, which helped me calm down a bit, you know, just chilling out watching a barrel race. That is until they said that they would start the exhibitions after the next rake. So I checked my cinch. I got on. I started trotting Junior around in the holding pens alongside the alleyway um, while the girls ahead of me um, what took their turns. Um, and then it was our turn. And it sucked. <laughs> I am so mad with how my run went. I safetyed up and wasn't nearly as aggressive, aggressive as I needed to be on junior. And as a result, our time suffered. We were slow. I knew we wouldn't be in the 1D or 2D. Like I, I was being realistic. I knew that going in, but I didn't think we would be as slow as we were. After my run, I got off junior. I loosened up his cinch and walked him out of the arena I was just 
I didn't know what to think. I was just in disbelief, actually. Um, so outside, I took his boots and his bridle off and walked him back to the trailer. And yeah, just mad. How could I look like such an idiot? How can I put so much time in and have that kind of result? I will say I did not take any of it out on Junior. I gave him pets. I told him what a good boy he was. He did exactly what I asked him to and not any more or any less. It was my fault that I didn't ask for enough, plain and simple. On the way home, I had some more thoughts about where I went wrong. I have two bridles, a working bridle and a running bridle. At least that's how it used to be when I was competing. I haven't used my running bridle in quite some time. Once in a while, I'll ride Junior in it just for a change of feel, but it's been a while. And for some reason, I decided to run him in my running bridle yesterday, just in case I needed a bit more shoulder control. And looking back now, I see that that was a bad decision. There were a couple of times throughout the run that Junior kind of shook his head a little bit and that never would have happened when if we were using our working bridle his turns would have been a lot better um another error i made was on my choice in spurs so i do ride in spurs and i have two different sets i have a set of bumper spurs that are not really any more aggressive than my just my plain old heel of my boot would be and then i have another set that i would just consider regular spurs um, and for this jackpot, I decided to use my bumper spurs, which turned out to not be a good choice. Um, I will say I don't use, it's not about speed, it's just about positioning that I'm using my spurs. Uh, junior tends to be a bit more sensitive to the regular spurs than the bumper spurs, and I'm able to move him around more accurately with the regular spurs. So our approach to third in the run yesterday was way too wide. And had I had my regular spurs on, I would have been able to correct that in time and had a better turnaround third. But instead, Junior just kind of ignored the bumper spurs, approached the barrel the way he saw fit, and I'm pretty sure I swore as we turned and headed for home. I was just frustrated even by that point. So... That's the long and short of it. I made my re-debut to competitive barrel racing and am very mad at the result. <laughs> am I going to quit? Of course not. Um, this anger and frustration is only going to drive me to get better. I'm going to do whatever I can to ensure that I don't have this feeling again. And what does that mean? It means lessons, it means more jackpots, it means clinics, it means working on my mental game. My mental game really tripped me up yesterday, so I know, and I knew before this jackpot that that was something I definitely needed to focus on. So I'll be working on my mental game, um, but my other issue right now is, should I take lessons on Junior and try to get better on him? Or focus my energy on finding a new horse and then taking lessons on that one. Um, Junior is showing his age more and more every day. And it's it's slowly breaking my heart. Regardless of what I do, his finish line will be coming sooner than later. 
He was great yesterday. He did exactly as I asked, like I said, but that's all he did. You know, I thought he would be excited to be out with the other horses, and I thought he would get pepped up by all the excitement, but he didn't. He didn't win once while we were there. He didn't spook. He didn't try to take off. Nothing. He just wanted to snooze. He was just kind of flat, and he just wanted to be at home. So... Considering all of that, a new horse is likely the way I really need to be going right now. But as I'm sure many of you know, that's easier said than done. With winter coming, if I find a new horse, I need to find more hay to feed them through the winter. And as well, I don't know how much riding I'm going to get in just because you have to haul to ride oftentimes. And then I run into my busy season at work in March and April. So I've kind of given myself a tentative deadline that if I don't find something by the end of October, I'm going to wait until May to find something. So I'm just going to keep doing what I can until I find Junior's replacement. So that's kind of the game plan at this point. And that's basically my update. So now we will move on to this week's topic, which because it is freezing cold outside now, um, we're going to talk about when you should be blanketing your horse. It seems like as a horse owner, there's always something you could use or need or want when it comes to your horses. I've found that horse.com is a great place to meet those needs. Whether you need a new pair of bell boots because your latest pair have completely fallen apart from being used too many times, or are looking to try a new bit, horse.com is your place to find what you need. Head over to a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. You'll also find there a list of all my favorite products, including Classic Equine's Legacy 2 boots and Ariat's Fat Baby Boots, which are my favorite boots to wear around the barn. Again, that's a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals. This time of year here in Alberta, the weather is kind of all over the place. One day it could be snowing and below zero, and the next day it's gorgeous, sunny, and warm enough to consider not wearing a jacket. It's kind of hard to know how to dress yourself on any particular day, let alone your horse, especially if you're in a situation like I am. I leave for work around 7 o'clock in the morning, this time of year at seven o'clock, the only or the sun is only just starting to come up, and the grass is still covered in frost most days. By the time noon rolls around, it could very well be 10, 15, or even 20 degrees Celsius warmer than it was when I left my horses earlier in the day. And because I can't just leave work to go take off my horse's blanket. In the event that it warms up like that, I have to be really intentional about how I dress my horse before I leave. 
fall and spring can both be really bad like this. You know, at least in the winter, if if you have decided that you're blanketing your horse, you know that it needs to be on pretty much all of the time. It's just always cold. In the spring and fall, in contrast, that blanket could be going on and off your horse every 12 hours. As a horse owner, it's your responsibility to know whether or not your horse needs to be blanketed. If you blanket a horse when it shouldn't be, you run the risk that your horse is going to be sitting out in the pasture sweating bullets with nothing that he can do about it. And how fair is that? I mean, when you get hot, you can just pull off a layer and obviously your horse can't do that. On the flip side, if you blanket your horse when you shouldn't, or when you, sh- if you don't blanket when you should, sorry, your horse can get chilled, best case scenario, and worst case scenario, they can end up getting sick. Um, so to kind of clear up some of this confusion, today I'm going to just go through when you should and shouldn't blanket your horse. So the first place we obviously need to start with is temperature. I will preface this by saying that if you live farther north, your horse will likely be better able to handle colder temperatures and vice versa. If you live farther south, your horse will likely need to be blanketed sooner. So with that being said, the basic rule of thumb is that if it's above 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around 10 degrees Celsius, then your horse does not need a blanket. So I'll say that again. If it's above 50 Fahrenheit or 10 Celsius, your horse likely doesn't need a blanket. For my horses, I stretch it a bit. If it's above 32 degrees Fahrenheit or freezing, my horses don't get a blanket. Living farther north like I do, my horses are a bit more tolerant to the cold than, say, a horse from California or Florida might be. Um, I will note here that I'm not talking about fly sheets when I say blankets, just to be clear on that. Fly sheets can be worn all year long. They're not meant to keep a horse warm. They're just meant to keep the flies off. Um, you know, they're usually designed to breathe and they're not always waterproof, so they don't provide any sort of insulating help at all. Um, I will also say whether or not your horse needs a blanket depends on the time of year. In the fall, your horse might not have fully developed their winter coat yet when the temperatures start going down. So as such, your horse will not be as protected from the weather and might need to be blanketed more readily than if it were the exact same temperature but in the springtime. Because that same horse in the springtime is going to have a full winter coat or you know partial one that hasn't been shedded out yet, and so will be better able to withstand the elements. And I guess that brings me to talking about having a winter coat or not. If we assume that it's below 50 degrees, we need to ask if the horse has a winter coat. And again, it will depend on where you live and what the horse is used to, but if it's below 50 and your horse does not have a winter coat, I would definitely start considering putting a blanket on that horse. If the horse has a full winter coat, 
Uh, they probably won't need a blanket, depending on how far below 50 it is. You know, Mother Nature has done her job and has given your horse a built-in blanket, basically, via their winter coat. So, um, I will touch more on whether a horse needs a blanket, uh, but I will just say I want to just touch on living situations for a second here. So, if your horse is inside, they don't need a blanket. You know, you likely have a bit of heat to whatever building the horse is in. Um, if you cover them with a blanket in that situation, they're likely going to start sweating really quick. Uh, even in a building that doesn't have heat, but there's several animals in it, a horse probably won't need a blanket in that case either because the body heat of those combined animals will quickly raise the temperature in that building. If your horse does is not inside but is outside um, and has access to some sort of a shelter, that will also lessen your chance that you need to put a blanket on because they're not forced to stand out in the elements when it's raining or snowing or windy. Uh, if your horse is like mine, however, and seems to enjoy standing out in the rain instead of staying where it's dry, the fact that they have access to a shelter might be completely irrelevant, but again, that's just knowing your horse um, and you know making a judgment based on their how they work. Um, of course, if they don't have access to a shelter, you definitely will need to start blanketing sooner. Um, I guess we can go through a bit of an example. So let's assume your horse has a winter coat. It's below 50 degrees. 10 degrees Celsius, and your horse does not have access to a shelter. So let's say you look at the forecast and there's precipitation in the forecast, you know, whether that be rain, sleet, or snow. In that case, your horse will likely need a blanket. Again, it kind of, I feel like a broken record here. It kind of depends on where you live and the time of year and the individual horse, but keep an eye on your horse. If they are shivering, put a blanket on them. Um, I will say if you put a blanket on them and they start to feel damp from sweat underneath the blanket, then you obviously don't need to blanket. In that case, you need to be really careful though. If your horse has started sweating, you can't just pull the blanket off when it's cold out and just let them run naked. They could easily get chilled that way. So if possible, um, put a lighter blanket on them or maybe some sort of a cooler until they can get dried out. Um, we also need to take into consideration the wind. Again, if your horse has access to a shelter, the wind might not be as big of a factor. Uh, if they don't have a shelter, you definitely need to be concerned about the wind. If the wind chill is going to make it feel like less than 15 degrees Celsius, your horse needs a blanket. Again, individual circumstances, if you live farther north, you might be able to stretch that and be go a little cooler before you put a blanket on, but just be aware of the wind. The wind can, as you know, kind of chill you to the bone. So, and it's the same case for your horse. Um, a couple of times now, I have mentioned that horses from more northern climates will be more readily able to withstand colder temperatures when compared to horses who live further south. And that definitely needs to be taken into consideration if you have 
moved a horse from one region to another. For example, if you bring, I guess this is the most common example, people bringing their horses from Alberta to Phoenix, Arizona in January, your horse may be sweating bullets naked while all the Arizona horses are wrapped up in winter blankets. And similarly, while horses from Alberta might be fine without blankets on a warmer winter day, a horse that's newly imported from, say, Texas might have a tough time keeping warm. So even though all those Alberta horses don't have blankets on, that doesn't mean that your Texas horse doesn't need a blanket. So be considerate of those things if you're moving a horse during the winter. You wouldn't like to move from move to the Yukon if you're used to the climate they have in Florida. Um, And similarly, you wouldn't like to move from, or you would have a tough time adjusting from the cold of Serbia to the heat of, say, the Kalahari Desert. Obviously, those are really extreme (laughs) examples, but you get my point. Um, There's also a few, I guess, special situations where your horse would need a blanket despite not meeting any of the other criteria that I've already talked about. Uh, The first of these would be if your horse is young or very old. Just like people, the young and the old are often less resilient than, say, just a moderately aged horse or person. So again, use your discretion and blanket accordingly. Um, the next special circumstance would be a horse that's sick. So just think about when you're sick, you know, you lounge on the couch in a hoodie and sweats because you can't seem to get warm. You just feel chilled and horses can experience that exact same sensation. So in a case like that, definitely consult your vet. Um, You may even need to move a horse like that indoors if it's cold enough and if they're really struggling and are really sick. So another special case would be if your horse is a wussy. (laughs) Yes, I just said that. If your horse is a wussy, you know, they might need a blanket sooner than others. I look at myself as an example of this. I cannot stand the cold at all. The moment that the temperatures start going down, I pull out the sweaters and the slippers and I plug in my space heater at work. I just cannot handle it at all. And there's some horses that are the exact same way. The first horse that comes to mind is my sister's warm blood. You know, he has a tough time with the cold. He doesn't really grow a winter coat that would be suitable for the sometimes hostile winter winters that we get here in Alberta and because of that she has to blanket him sooner than say I would blanket my quarter horse. Um, Lastly I would say if your horse is shivering they need a blanket especially if it's later in the day. You know if you come home from work and you go to feed your horses and your horse is shivering you need to put a blanket on them because at the end of the day It's obviously not going to get any warmer. The sun is going to go down. It's going to get colder. And them shivering is not going to stop. It's only going to get worse throughout the night. So you definitely would want to blanket at that point. 
Some of you might be wondering what I do with my horses personally. Uh, before I tell you, please, please, please just keep in mind that I live in Alberta where the weather is extremely variable in the winters. Uh, last winter, the temperatures were all over the place. And like in the month of February, I think we had at least 15 days of that month where the temperature was below minus 30 degrees Celsius. It was freezing cold. So with that being said, this is what I do. I start blanketing my horses overnight when the temperature starts dipping below freezing. Um, I will put the blankets on in the evenings when I go to give them their evening feed and then take the blankets off again in the morning before I go to work. On the days where it's raining or snowing, I will keep their blankets on. Even if it's not raining or snowing in the morning when I would typically take the blankets off, I will still leave them on just so that they don't get wet because the last thing I want is to blanket a soaking wet horse in the evening. So that's definitely requires a bit of forward thinking and looking at the forecast and whatnot. Once it's consistently cold outside, so below freezing all the time, my horses keep their blankets on for the most part for the entire winter. Uh, the reason I do this is because I want to try and limit a bit the amount of hair that my horses grow. In the winter, I ride in indoor arenas, and a horse that has a full winter coat gets sweaty really, really quick in an indoor arena, and it also takes them forever to dry out. Um, and to be honest, I don't really have time to wait for a horse to dry out, but it's really important that they're dried out because then they, after I ride, they are getting put in a trailer and getting hauled home. So it's really important that they get dried out so they don't get sick and get chilled. You know, but I I have very little patience to wait and stand uh, waiting for a horse to dry. Even if, you know, they roll in the arena and I put a cooler on them and I brush them out and everything, it still takes a long time for a horse with a full winter coat to dry out. So that's why I blanket just to try and have less hair that needs to get dried out. Um, you know, just helps speed up that process a little bit. And it, to be honest, it's a bit more comfortable for them too. You know, they don't get, they still get really sweaty, but not to the extent that a horse with a full winter coat would. But like I said, they still have a winter coat because blanketing alone won't stop the growth of the hair. Even if they're blanketed all winter, they're still going to have a winter coat. They're still going to shed out in the springtime. It just won't be as thick and as full as a horse that ran naked all winter. The reason a horse does start growing a winter coat, and I thought this was really cool, is as the days get shorter, there's less and less daylight that gets put through the horse's eye. And that actually triggers something in the horse to start growing a winter coat because it's a sign that winter is coming. Um, so that's why if you look at, say, like raining barns and stuff like that, they will keep their horses under light for a specific number of hours every day to prevent them from growing a coat so they're sleek and shiny 
all year. So regardless of whether it's snowstorming outside, they will still be sleek and shiny. But like I said, my horses aren't going to look like that, but they are going to have less of a coat than a horse that runs without one all winter. I should also mention that I do have several weights or thicknesses of blankets. In the fall, I'll start with the lighter blankets and then slowly work my way up to the heavier ones. And then in the spring, I do the reverse. I'm using the heavy ones and I slowly transition to the lighter ones until they're not wearing anything at all. It's quite expensive doing it that way, especially when, you know, winter blankets are $200 plus, but it, it just gives me a lot more flexibility and helps to ensure that my horses are as comfortable as possible. If you're in the market for some new blankets, check out a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals. You'll find a link there for 10% off your purchases at um, horse.com and they sell all sorts of blankets so definitely worth checking that out to save yourself a little bit of money if you're needing some blankets before the winter and hopefully that helps you guys out so if you are confused about the whole blanketing thing hopefully I've answered a few questions if not feel free to reach out to me on Instagram Facebook or on the website um you know, at the end of the day, you just need to pay attention to your horse and also remember that they're evolved to live outside, okay? Horses are tougher than you think, with the exception of those wussy horses. Horses are tougher than you think in most cases. So just keep in mind what I've gone over today. Pay attention to your horse and on the forecast and your horse will be more than fine throughout the winter. that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook. You can also head over to anchor.fm and leave a voice memo. Ask me a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. And remember, it's always a good day to ride.